Well, it's always great to go down to Waco, Texas, talk to our friends at Sikkim 365, David Smoke. Everyone knows him, obviously, uh, very well around the Big 12, especially involving everything with Baylor Athletics. He is now here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. I'm Pete Mundo. Uh, David, big picture, 35,000-foot view here, this crazy new name-image-likeness world that we now live in. Uh, how is Baylor on the football side with Dave Aranda and then, of course, on the basketball Scott side with Scott Drew? How are they each handling this thing? You know, one of the things that is unique, and I'm not saying others, I guess if I say unique, it means it's unique and not everyone else is doing this. I don't think it would be fair for me to say that other programs don't, like, pitch the culture of who they are and what you can be when you're there. And it's great that Baylor can do this now because, of course, things that they've been through in the past. But you have Scott Drew and his staff, even with Jerome Tang at Kansas State, it is about the fit. It is about the culture. Now, listen, they've got some studs. They've got the incoming five-star, one of the best players in America, Keontae George, and I believe he's got a pretty hefty NIL deal. I don't. I think it's maybe even with the, the team that he played with before he entered Baylor or before he enters Baylor. Uh, some football players, we've heard of this and that. You know, the, our our website, our radio station, our umbrella has done, you know, some Q&As and some signings of memorabilia and the minor stuff. But, it, but as far as Baylor being heavily involved in NIL, I wouldn't say that I would discount them from being a part of that. But right now it doesn't appear to be at the high level or even near some of the level of what we've heard, or at least what has been reported, whether it's true or not, in various places around the country. I, I think what they're trying to do, and this is no different than before NIL, they don't get five stars. They have been able to, on occasion, get a small handful of four stars. I think you're starting to see Dave Aranda's class have more four stars than perhaps anything else because of what they've done what people have seen him do, and also because, again, of who he is. And the same thing with Scott Drew. You know, everyone can go, oh, no, that's him. They are both about as legitimate and real as you could possibly be in different ways. Scott Drew is the overwhelming, every day is a great day. And for Dave Aranda, I think every day is a great day, but he looks at it, he's much more uh, deep thinker, uh, a, little, a lot less emotional than Scott Drew. But the, but the high level, you know, when you hear about what might be the case at Tennessee or what might be or what we saw, it might be going on in Miami or even some other places or what Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher got into an argument about with two old men who make a lot of money. Uh, I don't think they're in that neighborhood. That doesn't mean they can't be. Right now they're working the collectives and they're looking at what possibilities they have but I don't think that's right now their meal ticket. That's not something that they're depending on. Right now they hope the program and the success is enough to at least do what they need to do at this particular time. Well, that's very interesting. I wanted to go there next regarding the A&M-Alabama spat and kind of how that's playing around the rest of uh, the college football world in the state of Texas. I mean, the allegations are obviously all over the place that a&M was, was paying for this recruiting class, essentially, I mean, basically a pay-for-play, which some may say name, image, likeness now is. What, I mean, what are Baylor fans, like, concerned about this? Are they paying attention to any of this? Or are they saying, as long as we have great leaders like Scott Drew and Dave Aranda, we're going to be just fine? 
Well, a little bit of both. Uh, there's no question that the uh, the Nick Saban comments last week, and then of course the next day with Jimbo Fisher, and then apparently even yesterday uh, with Jimbo Fisher. Um, you know, the mute button that Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, said, "Hey, let's play fair or let's be nice." That didn't last very long because I don't think he's going to mess with anybody. I, I think the commissioner of the SEC is incredibly powerful, but I mean, you got boys being boys, you know, you, and and uh, I'm not. That's not the last little salvo that I think you'll see um, in that conference or even in college football. I, I, there's no question it was on our show that day, that next day, even the night before, I guess, is when Saban spoke, and the next morning is when Fisher re, uh, had his rebuttal, uh, his firestorm press conference. Uh, it, it, was, it was almost everything we talked about that day. Now, we happened to have that same day, and it was already scheduled. Matt Rule, the former Baylor coach now with the Carolina Panthers, was scheduled to be right off the top of our show and and he was great as he always is, but yeah. After that, after the fifteen or twenty minutes with him, the next two hours and twenty minutes was all about Saban and Fisher and and you know really uh, different views of it. But Baylor fans, they're they they're paying attention. I, I think if you're Iowa State fans, I think any of the eight remaining schools in the Big Twelve have to kind of be going, huh? Whether it's Texas Tech or Kansas State, or whether it's Oklahoma State or or TCU, and of course Baylor as well. Because none of them, no matter where they are, no matter if you want to talk about oil money or donors or boosters or others, they, they don't have, they, they can, but they don't have the constant just sustainability to be able to compete with some of the teams that could go straight, straight NIL. Whether, and, and again, to say that A&M bought their entire class, I love Nick Saban. I, uh, Nick Saban is probably – there have been maybe three to five coaches in my lifetime that for whatever reason when they talk, even if I disagree with them or don't even like completely understand what they're talking about, it's just something the way he presents it. I'm going to listen. I love the guy. And I don't have anything against Jimbo Fisher. Uh, I, it was kind of like an old, you know, with, this has basically become the wild, wild west. And I know we've heard that term before. Maybe that's lazy, but it is. There are no rules. And so I, I didn't mind what Saban said. Should he have pointed out directly A&M no? And then should he have said anything about Jackson State and Dion? He didn't say Dion or Jimbo Fisher personally, but we know he did basically uh, no. And there's going to be more of this until somehow, if there ever are any guardrails put to this thing, I think you're going to see even those who are successful with NIL kind of every once in a while want to make sure everyone knows how – how they are a little worried about it or concerned about it. Baylor fans are monitoring, as are many other of the really schools you haven't heard connected to NIL. Uh, Baylor's going to lose Matthew Meyer. He entered the draft. He's going to come. He's already come out of the draft. There are thoughts that he's not going to be back at Baylor. I don't even think that door's open anymore. I think that door closed already. So it's not like he's leaving Baylor because of NIL. I think that was the only option he really had, and that's not to be negative. It's for him to go finish his career somewhere else, and it's going to be NIL-related, whether it's North Carolina, Illinois, Texas Tech, or whoever. No question. It is the talk of the message boards, and it's constantly a talk of what we do, and it's almost to the point where no matter what else Pete is going on around the country, all I have to do or what, all we have to do, Paul and Craig, is bring up NIL, and here we go, the chat room, the message boards, the texts, the phone calls, and it just continues to go ad nauseum. He's David Smoke.
Sikkim365 joining us here on the show. So, David, let me uh, follow up and just get more specific with Baylor. Blake Shapin gets named the starting quarterback. Gary Bohannon uh, leaves the program. I have so much respect for why and how Dave Aranda did that. He could have dragged this thing out into the summer and had a better quarterback room. He said Shapin's the guy, and Bohannon can now uh, try to play elsewhere. But what does it say about Blake Shapin, and, and how much more does he bring to the table in terms of upside for Baylor versus Gary Bohannon? Man, I tell you what, it was so hard to watch. all Knowing that, that something like that was probably going to happen, I remember the day of their spring game when Dave Aranda made – I made, I, I believe it was somebody – it might have been me. I asked him this before the week of about how the quarterback room is held together. No matter this competition, and someone's going to be named the starter. And he never said it; they wouldn't be. I think that he always wanted to be able to say, this is our guy, unless it was so gray – as far as they couldn't, like, so blurry they didn't know. Um, Blake Shapin gives them the opportunity to be much more explosive, not just in the passing game. I don't know who they're going to be in the running game, but I guarantee you that's what they're going to still want to be, no matter who the quarterback is, whether it's a five-star, Blake Shapin, Gary Bohannon, or, it, you know, one day somebody else is coming down the line. Caleb Williams, they're still going to be the bread and butter is what they do with that wide zone running game. But then you add into the mix, not that Bohannon was not good in the passing game, but Shapin has to be – Shapin gave everybody a glimpse of who he could beat, Pete, when that Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma State, who has a really, really good defense, and he shredded them. And the only reason that thing didn't mount up a bigger win was because he got hurt. Now, Oklahoma State also has to give credit – to them for what they did to grind back into the game and almost win it at the one-inch line. Shapin gives them a chance to just throw the ball around everywhere and, and almost in a way where you might even see on occasion a mistake, and Gary made his mistakes too. Shapin's a better runner than most people think of, but he's got to be a smarter runner because of his size compared to Bohannon being a bigger player. Bohannon can run, but that's also how he got hurt in a freak deal when he pulled his hamstring. But Shapin just gives them a dynamic that's just above and beyond what they felt they could get in the passing game with Gary Bohannon. We've got a great conversation continuing right now with our buddy David Smoke, Sikkim 365. David, I, I got to ask you as well, uh, just from the standpoint of Baylor expectations after a Big 12 championship and then, of course, winning a, a New Year's Six ball game. When you look at this thing, I mean, there's still some talk about Baylor. Like, are they for the are they the real deal under Dave Aranda? What are they going to be? They got some key pieces to replace. A lot of those guys were Matt Rule guys. So, what should the expectations be this fall for Baylor? Should it be Big Twelve Championship game or bust, or is that too unreasonable? I I think that's what most fans hope. But I think if you're reasonable, and most of the time, with all due respect to any fan base, they're not. I mean, even Alabama and Georgia fans are unreasonable. I I think that they have to be if when they do the when they do the poll this year among the Big Twelve media or coaches, and they pick their preseason top ten. Last year it was Oklahoma, and then I think Iowa State got a vote or two, and then Texas, of course, you know, just because they're Texas, it's just it's the way it is. Texas will somehow be in the top twenty-five every year, no matter what they had the year before or whether they have anything coming back. Now, this year we know offensively it appears as if they're loaded UT, and so the expectations are huge if the young quarterback 
can continue to just progress throughout the year with the running game with Bijan and company, but they got all the receivers. But back to Baylor. If Baylor is ranked in the top 10, I'll be surprised. Hold on. If Baylor's ranked in the top 10, I won't be surprised as much as I would be like, huh, because of everything you said. If Baylor had a different logo on their jersey and had what they did last year and who they have coming back, there would not be a surprise at all if they're in the top ten. I hope that made sense. Yes. But you know who's going to be in the top ten. It's going to be Alabama and Georgia and probably A&M, and it's probably Oklahoma, and it's Clemson and Ohio State and Michigan, and then throw in a couple of more. So I think it's probably fair that Baylor be somewhere between 12 and 16, 10 and 18, in that neighborhood, based on the fact that they lost almost their entire running game, including the quarterback, Ebner and Smith. They lost basically the entire wide receiving core with Tyquan Thornton gone and R.J. Sneed transferring to Colorado. But that defense they have by itself, is the possibility. I don't know if they could be as good as last year, but they can be close to it. And there's a chance with a player or two stepping up that they can be really, really stingy. And so with that the case, the offense doesn't have to be explosive. Uh, they got to score, and I think that's why there's back to the Shapen decision that they have a chance to be more prolific offensively with Shapen considering who they have coming back and who left. The offensive line, uh, Pete, as you know, Everybody but Xavier Newman-Johnson is back. Uh, they do lose the running backs and receivers, but they have the quarterback, who we saw what he did in the Big 12 championship game. The defense is stacked. They lose experience in the backside. Oh, I mean, those guys all got drafted, basically. So um, I, I think it's fair. I don't think they're a top-10 team going in. I, I think that they're absolutely going to be ranked a top, uh, maybe two or three spots higher than they would normally based on David, the respect that Dave Aranda has created in a matter of from two and seven to who they were last year and the way they did it, there will be a respect level there where I see them somewhere between, like I said, 10 and 18 and probably, probably closer to 15, 16, 17, or 18 in my opinion. Last thing for you, David, on the Big 12 in general, I, I mean, we know that the four new teams are coming in next year. We know that Oklahoma and Texas likely to hang around another couple of years. I think this will be the most fun conference in America for the next couple seasons. What, what do you think, and what are Baylor fans thinking about this unique Big 12 landscape we're heading into? I think what uh, Bowlesby did, and we may have talked about this last fall, but what Bob Bowlesby did from getting literally knocked on his you-know-what, the entire conference could have died, could have imploded. People could have left right and left other than Texas and Oklahoma. Everyone could have been just for themselves, not that they aren't making phone calls. Baylor, Tech, Kansas State, Kansas, whoever. All of them were probably trying to go, okay, oh, my God, what do we have here? Who's available? And I think then they all realized once they finally were able to get together and Bowlesby got up off the canvas and had maybe one or two people in his ear, and I think they said, listen, can we somehow make us not stronger uh, uh, television-wise, not stronger logo-wise, but how can we, what is the perfect foursome or close to a perfect foursome that allows us to survive? And what they did, what he did, with what they did, to me, anything about the, the stability, the television revenue, any of that, basically, I know it's there, but I think that everybody throughout the conference 
went from like, oh, my God, we're not going to survive another year to right now. Let's go. Let's freaking go. And Texas and Oklahoma, you leave whenever you want. Yes, there will be a financial hit with that. But I think with what they did with Brigham Young and Houston and Cincinnati coming off their great year, and obviously with uh, UCF and what they can bring to the table as they continue to grow, I think everybody is thrilled. There are some, even with the possible, well, even with the possible, not possibility, even though that the financial situation will change with Texas and Oklahoma when they do leave, even though they're also going to pay a lot of money when they do. They're going to pay money. That's not going to be I'm walking out the door in two or three years. I think the eight remaining schools, almost to an exact man, from president to AD to boosters to football to athletics, and the four incoming schools are let's go. Let's go prove who we are. Let's go win some of these big games. And I think the excitement for it, the, re- the, fret, the refreshing view of it, the landscape of it, I think most everybody that I know of is thrilled and cannot wait, whether it's 14 for two or three years or it's going to be 12. They are ready, they're locked in, and they're excited. David Smoke, Sikkim 365, does great work there, always brings the insight and the energy. David, love having you on. Thanks for being here. Pete, man, you're the best, man. I appreciate you inviting me. It means a lot. Thank you, too. Love our guy, David Smoke. I'm Pete Mundo. Hey, uh, make sure that you leave a rating and a review on the show. Please do that. It means the world to me. You get a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you leave a rating and a review and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. It's my way of saying thank you for taking out 30 seconds and leaving that rating and review and helping this show grow and be the top Big 12 show on iTunes, beating CBS, ESPN, all the big dogs, over there we're taking them down and it's courtesy of you thank you guys so much we'll talk to you soon have a great rest of your day